I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Davy Proven and Chris Burke. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 17 17 700. So who's your player of the season? According to Scotland's football writers, it comes down to who's Rangers player of the season. McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson and Davis are the names in the frame. Should anyone else be breaking up the Ibrox monopoly? David Proven, what do you think? Well, it is a job for the Monopolies Commission at the moment, isn't it, Rob? <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue um, against the, the the four boys that have been nominated, it's a reflection of the terrific season that, that Rangers have had. I've already said for several weeks on the programme, Stephen Davis for me. Yep. No mention of Chris Burke. No, well, that's not when you're <laughs> battling relegation, but it's interesting to see there. That's four really defensive players. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting, especially usually it's attacking players that get it. True. But uh, you cannot argue with that. The, the, all of them have been terrific. Yeah, I guess Ryan Kent was probably one who must have been knocking on the door yeah. as well to be honest started the season really well and he's finishing it really strongly Davey as he, well he couldn't have been far away um, and I think latterly particularly in the crunch games that's when he stepped up to the plate and I, I said it at the weekend um, Ryan Kent for me is Rangers most important player now and most bankable asset, you would imagine, as well. Rangers 23 points clear as they prepare to take a delivery of the big prize for the first time in 10 years. Celtic have been 71 days without a permanent replacement for Neil Lennon. I feel that might crop up in the course of the next couple of hours. At the other end of the Premiership, three teams are desperately trying to steer clear of relegation. A slight sweat appears on the brow of Chris Burke at that point. Uh, Ross County have today had John Hughes given a touchline ban. Uh, Hamilton, who's Brian Rice, is already serving one. And Kilmarnock, of course, are those bottom three. Chris Burke, how are you feeling? Yeah, no, listen, it's not nice to be down there, but I'm enjoying the challenge. Uh, I think the whole group is, and it's exciting, is it? When I first came to back to Scotland, you know, I wasn't sure about the split. I, I, I honestly, um, a first impression of it before I began, but I think it's a great thing for, for, for Scottish football. It's exciting, and yeah, we are in a sticky patch at this moment in time because we're back in the playoff zone. Um, I think Ross County have it in their hands now they play Hamilton at home and we are at home to St Mirren so I've got a funny feeling it may go down to the last game of the season Rob and news uh, today we'll talk a little bit more about that So because some massive matches coming off it's great when you're looking on from the sidelines probably not quite so good when you're uh, centre stage um, but for talking of centre stage four St Johnston players are going to miss Sunday's Scottish Cup semi-final with St Mirren 
after two members of the squad tested positive for COVID-19. The club say the two players advised to isolate tested negative and the latest round of tests were all negative. Uh, Callum Davidson's team bidding for a cup double, of course, after winning the League Cup in February. Uh, St Johnston in their statement said it's very unfortunate for four of our players to miss out on the important game on Sunday. However, we wish them all the best. Their health and well-being obviously is the top priority. We'll keep our supporters updated if we need to share further information. And of course, what everyone wants to know at this point is which uh, four it is, because depending on who they are, Davey, it could be absolutely crucial to that game. Why do they not name them? Why do they... Why would they not make that public? Not sure. Because we're going to find out anyway, aren't we? Yeah, well, it's good. Uh, on, 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 yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. But I think what it does tell you, Rob, is that there is no such thing as a biosecure bubble. No matter how much the, the professional teams try to, to follow all the protocols, a player can go home and, and catch off his kids yep. or his wife who's been to the supermarket. It's impossible. And I feel so sorry for St. Johnson, you know, such a, a huge game for them and they're, and they're down four. How's your luck, eh? Yeah. You know, you just, you just hope for a perspective of watching the game as a neutral St Johnston fans that isn't anybody important Davey because uh, St Johnston have had a terrific season and if that was to hamper them at a really important part of the season well they are going for the double um, in this semi-final uh, so we'll have to wait and see but I think we, they're not naming them maybe because is it mind games? Um, you know mm. what it's like when you maybe pick up an injury or a player on a Friday or a Thursday and you do that press conference the manager and he doesn't say, say anything you know our manager was the same way, Kyle Lafferty at the weekend, you know, mm. he didn't mention and everybody thought he was out and before you know it, he was starting against Motherwell. So it must be that aspect. Um, but we do wish them well. We do. And actually the person that, a little start for you, the person that, that, that quoted the, the on that St. Johnson website was, remember Scott Boyd who played for Kilmarnock? Yeah. He's now operator at St. Johnson. Well, he pl- I played for Kilmarnock and, and played for Ross, Ross County, County the, yeah. the, the ginger yeah. pelly, isn't he? Yes. Uh, Scott Boyd, so that's his, his statement. And of course, maybe the thinking is that at this stage on a Thursday ahead of Sunday, it would just give St. Mirren a big lift at this point if it was four key players, Davey, that, that aren't going to be involved. Well, listen, uh, Jim Goodwin will know very shortly who the players are. We <laughs> yeah. can be sure of that. Yeah. There, there's, there's no such thing as... Are we getting any drones like Bielsa? Yeah, they, I mean, they will, but the word will get out. I mean... People, yeah. people talk. The, the word will get out, and Jim Goodwin will know. You know, uh, on the night, certainly the night before the game, who St. Johnson are going to be without, and obviously he'll be able to tweak his team accordingly. I keep hearing more and more about what uh, winning the Scottish Cup means uh, financially. I mean, it, it's it's a massive prize. It really is for for one of these four clubs to win it. Um, I, I think the the three million pounds that's been referred to so far, I think that's purely prize money. I think that's just European games up till Christmas time, which is going to yeah. guarantee for if they get for into whoever. the groups. Yeah, and 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 TV, TV but they drop down if they, because yes. the, the, basically the Scottish Cup winners get into the Europa League playoff. Yeah, uh, it'll be tough and they'll probably lose. But on the back of that, they drop into the, the Europa Conference, Conference League yeah. group, yeah. so they're so they're guaranteed uh, games up till December, and there's going to be TV money. On top of the the prize money, presumably perimeter advertising and and all the rest, and of hopefully it. crowds back ticket yeah, money as well for exactly. them, you know, gate money. Hopefully, but for one of these clubs, it's going to be an absolute Huge. bonanza, Chris. Huge, especially when it's not Celtic or Rangers. I think it's even more so than the, the money um, sounds more lucrative and important to them clubs, um, and that's why it's so important that the four players at St. Johnson will. 
no disrespect, but they want them to be more squad players and actually, you know, first team players. But the importance of playing in Europe, and you're right in saying it's like it's a it's a great little, you know, pull for the for the players because if they don't make it into the Europa, you know, they drop into that third tier of the yeah. Europa Conference. So no matter what, their fans can see them playing in Europe up until Christmas. And we've said it before, Davey. I mean, it could, for one of these clubs, it could be an absolute game changer. I mean, Hibs are probably the best off of those four yeah. those four clubs yeah. um, but for any of them that sort of money um, and they know it's coming to them means they can invest and, and spend on players accordingly yeah. as well well let, let's be honest um, Hibs from, Hibs for me by a distance are the best team left in the in the mm. cup the, the others might disagree but it's a fabulous chance for Hibs yeah. particularly having blown the Scottish Cup semi-final mm. by losing to Livy not just losing but losing heavily yeah what a chance for Hibs to atone for that. It also turns up the pressure, doesn't yeah. it? Well, I suppose it does, you know, yeah. and Hibs haven't been great under pressure no, over the years. No, there, is a, there is a phrase called <laughs> Hibsing it, isn't there? <laughs> and they have Hibs that, uh, a few times, but but the the opportunity, and, and, I, and I guess it makes these semi-finals at the weekend absolutely massive because it's just that one step closer, isn't and it? And the managers will be thinking that as well when they know they've, they're, they're bringing in £3 million because yeah. they're big chapping on the chairman's door saying yeah. how much money can I spend of that or yeah. in wages or whatever. Yeah. Um, so and that could get you another top six finish. You could get you again into Europe the following season with finishing third or fourth. It would also allow Hibs, Chris. I mean, at the moment, I'm pretty sure Hibs will sell Portis and, and maybe Nisbet. Mm. They'll certainly sell one of them, maybe two. But, you know, if they were to get that kind of windfall, yeah. it would make them far more likely to, to keep, certainly, you know, Portis, um, you know, I think is, is going to be a, a real good player the way he's developing. And it, it would probably, I think, be too early for him to, to leave Hibs. So it might be a chance for him to keep the, 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 the pair of them, you know, where without that revenue, they would have to sell them. What are you thinking about those Scottish Cup uh, semi-finals? Dundee United against Hibs on Saturday and it's All Saints Day on Sunday. St Mirren against St Johnston, all four playing for immediately for a place back at Hamden in the Scottish Cup final. What do you make of that uh, carrot that is being dangled in front of them at the moment in terms of uh, European football next season? What an incentive uh, that is. Um, and what are you thinking, Davey? What were you thinking? Because you were in here on Sunday, first chance I've had to mm. talk to you about Rangers 4, Celtic 1. Um, <clears throat> the, the sending off ruined the game. Um, and I'm not suggesting for a minute Celtic would have won the game you know had they had Callum McGregor not been sent off Rangers are a better side than Celtic but it ruined the game it made it very difficult for Celtic but what I would say is that uh, I, I don't think John Kennedy um, got his his team sheet right that started the game and I certainly don't think he got his substitutions right I, I thought he'd have gone to Ibrooks, last chance to go and beat Rangers and gone with, with two up Griffiths and, and Edward up but having left Griffiths on the bench and being too behind after 57, 58 minutes, if you're looking for a goal and Celtic were desperately looking to get back in the game, you don't put on Ismail Osoro, Ryan Christie and then Mikey Johnson ahead of Lee Griffiths. Mm. And it, it beggared belief to me that Lee Griffiths was taken to Ibrooks when John Kennedy clearly had no intention of playing him at any stage. To be fair to John Kennedy, though, he couldn't do much about the squandered chances, could he? And they'd plenty in the game of good chances to have actually brought brought it back to life. Yeah, but I mean, I, I go back to my point. You're nearly an hour of the game gone, you're two goals behind, and you've got Lee Griffiths on the bench. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's a no-brainer, you get him on. 
And you know, even even when Celtic were down to ten men, I I, I thought I thought John Kennedy could have gone with three at the back, four across midfield, and still played with two strikers. And you know, if they're going to lose, lose with your boots on. Yeah. You know, have a go. Well, they lost four one anyway, so well, it's, that, that's a trenching there, anyway, isn't it? There, there, there you go. There's the proof. Yeah. Um, and I just think John Kennedy and. John Kennedy, I, I think is impressive. Any time he goes in front of the camera or the microphone, I think he's an impressive individual. But I was mystified to the team he picked and the substitutions he made last weekend. There must be going some something in the training field there, David. Well, there has to be. There has to be. You know, you know what it's. I'm, I'm not saying for any, any minute that this is true, but you know, there has to be a reason behind why he's not getting put on. Um, whether it's he's not performing well in training. Whether his attitude's not right, whether you know he's just not listening to the group, or structurally or tactically, whatever it is, you know, as you said, to put on other players rather than him. And but I think he played that, at Aberdeen, you know, yeah, ten days previously. That was, scored, the, game, that was the game before. That he came was, on for the last yeah. half hour, scores the equaliser, yeah. the late equaliser at Aberdeen. You would think he would have to be in the frame. Well, he's got to be. F- you know, uppermost in John Kennedy's yeah. thoughts, having scored with practically the last touch of that yeah. game, it was pure Lee Griffiths, the way he took it. He had to be in his thinking, but also must be giving us a message about what's about to happen at Celtic for Lee Griffiths, surely. I, I, I don't see how Celtic can afford to to bin Lee Griffiths because Orson Edward is, is going to be away in Olympic duty. He's going to miss the two Champions League qualifiers. If he's there, if he's yeah. still part if, of if, the... If, yeah. if he's there. Celtic may try and keep him to try and get into the Champions League uh, and then cash in once they're in the group stage. That wouldn't be unusual to, no. to get the Champions League guarantee, the big money, mm. and then let the player go. They, they might be thinking along those lines, but he's going to miss the two Champions League qualifiers. He's going to be, be in Japan at the yep, Olympics. Olympics. Klamala's gone. Ayeti is, is short of the required standard. I mean, if Celtic let Lee Griffiths go, there's a huge vacuum there. They're going to have to spend a fortune to get two or three, you know, like for like strikers, so I, I I don't see how they can let Lee Griffiths go. I mean, if I'm Dominic Mackay, I've got Lee Griffiths in my office, and I'm saying, you 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 let us down this season, but I'm going to offer you a reduced contract, an incentive based uh, contract, maybe based on, you know, pay pay per game, um, on the condition that that he's fit, that he toes the line, because if Celtic can get Lee Griffiths, if they can get his head right and they can get him fit then at 30 years of age, he can still do them a terrific turn, I think. He's a goal scorer, isn't he? He's just like a Jermaine Defoe of Rangers. He's just a goal scorer. Mm. As you said, he scores every time he steps on the pitch. Even you talk about the Aberdeen game, you could talk about the St. Johnson game away. Remember he came on, he he scored that last-minute header. He's just a predator in the box. But like you said, David, you know, Celtic could have no strikers in the summer. Um, Even if they've only got a, a Yeti. Um, I think there are problems all over the pitch for Celtic I mean that, yeah. the striking department is kind of obvious but there's going to be a lot of people cleared out of there in the summer in other areas of the team as well I mean th- there aren't too many uh, pillars that you would build no. the new Celtic around No, I mean it, everything that, that could have gone wrong for Celtic has gone wrong this season even down to Jack Henry's loan deal to Oostend uh, who now is the Belgian player of the year mm. And they've got the option to buy him for two million. It's not as if Celtic can take him back. If they yeah. want to meet the asking price, you know, it, it goes. Yeah. We, we, had a, we had a Belgian journalist on the show on Tuesday, Davey, 
um, who was talking about Fashion Sakala, Rangers, Rangers' new signing from Ostend. Yeah. And in the midst of that conversation, he was he, he just threw into the conversation how well Jack Hendry had done. That that you know so often he's been voted pl- best player in the game, uh, and that's in the Belgian top division, and that's a team that's currently still competing for a place in the Europa League next season. He's done so well, uh, and for Celtic, he was surplus to requirements. Well, maybe that's what it takes all of them to go away, learn. Um, he is a good footballer, isn't he, as well? So, and that's him in the national squad, um, maybe arguably in the starting 11. Uh, maybe it just takes that little bit of game time and learning a new style of play as well. He's he's still young and he comes back and all, all firing. Uh, the new manager might love him, yeah. um, he might, might take to him. I don't know if any of you seen it recently. He was arguing with his teammate. Yeah, I saw the video yeah. in the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> it was great to see that passion <laughs> yeah. and fight. Yeah, yeah. And, and probably Absolutely. Celtic, probably Celtic fans were looking at that, thinking that's what we could have done with yeah. in the defence. Somebody with that sort of that sort of balls and and passion yeah. and and caring enough to get involved in that sort of situation. Yeah. First first time around, I, I I thought physically he wasn't up to playing that position. He was he was too slight, but he's he's putting about half a stone and muscle. Um, he had, he was brave enough to go to Australia first of all, then to go to Belgium, different language, the whole bit. And I think he's coming back not just a better player, but a more rounded individual for that experience. And given that Ayer will probably go, if Celtic get, you know, were to get Julian back, Henry and Julian, I, I think, is looks a pretty decent partnership that would have saved them spending more money on a, a centre back. Would you not try to keep Ayer, Davy? Do does he not? Does he not exhibit the passion you're looking for in in a Celtic? player he was charging up and down I mean you, you could make him culpable possibly for the for the Morellas goal where he ducked away from 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 that shot on, on Sunday but elsewhere in the game you know he, he was he yeah, was everywhere he, for he, them trying to drive them on it would be terrific for Celtic if if, if I had decided he wanted to stay um, because he's at an age where Celtic would get some terrific service out of him but I, I just think the, the the noise that has been coming from Ayer's camp and I know he's changed agent and they're pretty good at putting interest in the player in the paper and in the media. It appears to me that his representatives have been trying to get an auction going here. And I, I think he'll be on his way. And, and Celtic will miss him. They, they will miss him. I mean, I've, I've been critical of him for having too much to say about, you know, wanting to play in a better league, etc., but he, he's a good player and he's only going to get better as well. You were very positive, uh, Chris Park, and maybe the last time we were in the same studio, about uh, John Kennedy mm-hmm. uh, and about his the opportunity he had, possibly, uh, to put his hat in the ring uh, for the permanent appointment. If that was an addition for John Kennedy uh, over the last couple of months, it hasn't gone well, has it? Yeah, well, listen, I don't think it's... In his eyes, he would, he would have probably wanted uh, more results, especially against uh, Rangers. I did say that John Kennedy was should be in contention of the Celtic job, but in the, in the same turn, if even the manager, the new manager stepped in before or took his place just now, would they be getting the same results? Would they be still tweaking formations, try to get the best out of that group? Would they improve results? Um, I think performance based. I think it's got better if I'm honest, but I think it's a slow building process no matter who gets it. It's interesting to, to hear or to, if any of the fans know that I just don't understand, David, why the Rangers fans were really patient with Steven Gerrard and realised it took three seasons to get one trophy, but yet Celtic fans just seem a little bit impatient 
and think that they should be challenging next season. But is the is the difference not that Rangers were coming from a long way back? Yeah, I think so. They, I, they'd come up through the leagues; they were still rebuilding yeah. at that at that stage. Whereas Celtic are coming from a position of quadruple treble. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and obviously Celtic have enjoyed this huge financial advantage over Rangers. I mean, no Celtic board in history has had the financial advantage that this Celtic board has had over Rangers. You know, since 2012, when Rangers were liquidated and I'm sorry but they've blown that advantage somehow they've managed to blow that advantage and not just not just have they slipped from being the the, the best team in Scotland they, they're now cannon fodder in Europe they now make up the numbers in the Europa League and and I, I, I find it mind-boggling that that the Celtic board has squandered the advantage of that where, where do you see then Celtic next season would you what did you see as a progression for Celtic, would it, would it be five points next to Rangers? No, I, I think Rangers... Celtic have to challenge for the title. I mean, if, if it is Eddie Howe, I take it Eddie Howe is identifying players right now. Now, I, I might be completely wrong here, but I'm convinced that there is an agreement between Dermot Desmond and yeah. Eddie Howe. Yeah. For some reason, he's not coming into the job now, which is certainly not ideal. But as long as they're working on recruitment, as long as there is work going on behind the scenes and that and Celtic... Celtic are not um, doing nothing at the moment. As long as the work is going on, then I, 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 st I still think they have a chance. And much will depend on how much Dermot Desmond is prepared to invest and how idea, what kind of financial situation the club have because they've been burning money through, through the, the, the COVID crisis. Yeah. But I, I don't think Rangers are uncatchable. And I'm going to alienate a lot of Rangers fans now and I'll repeat myself, I don't think this is an exceptional Rangers side. I think it's a decent Rangers side. I don't think it's exceptional. But for the new Celtic gaffer, there is certainly no bedding in the process. That is for sure. Uh, the Celtic fans will demand that they are competitive and they get right back in that title race next season. 0808 17 17 700. Join the football conversation. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Always nice to get a wee cheers from Chris in return. Uh, that's Chris with the travel on his back uh, throughout the show, just about every 20 minutes, keeping you up to date if you are on the travel at the moment uh, the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited Rob McLean Chris Burke and Davey Proven and you if you want to join the the chat and we enjoy it if you do 0808 17 17 700 text go and your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. We've just been talking about Celtic and uh, the long, long wait uh, for a replacement for uh, Neil Lennon. And uh, I think the impression uh, that we are getting about that is that there is a bit of uh, red tape ensnarled, uh, which is Eddie Howe ensnarled in the middle of it, I think, at the moment. Um, maybe still contractual obligations which prevent uh, Celtic being able to unveil him as the, the permanent appointment. Uh, but it seems to be um, how, when rather than if, Davey. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and as you said before the break there, uh, you have to believe and imagine that Celtic are busy in the background here. They, they, they have to be. Um, and I don't think for a, a moment that Dermot Desmond would have exposed himself to the possibility of being embarrassed by Eddie Howe. And Eddie Howe himself has, has chosen not to rule himself out. So reading between the lines, I, I think there's an agreement. I think it's a done deal. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Celtic will be working away in the background to, to beef, beef that squad up 
um, because it's going to be a wholesale change of the type that we haven't seen for a long, long time. One player they certainly want to be keeping, you would imagine, is Callum McGregor. Were you surprised at him getting himself sent off on, on Sunday? A lot of debate about the, the yellow cards, Chris, but once you've been booked, yep. um, you don't want to be going to ground the way he did, I don't think, on Glenn Kamara. Yeah, I know it's, it's a difficult one. I've, I've changed my mind a couple of times on this, Rob. I really have, you know. I, I still think maybe the least worry them soft. It's soft yellow and you need to, you know, manage the old firm a little bit different from any other game. I know you shouldn't, but the letter of the law, there are two yellow cards. But I don't know about you, I was interested to see that I think Callum's, you know, second yellow, did Nick Walsh maybe get in his road a little bit and it changed the direction of his run to then press Kamara? If you just look at it again, mm. you know, he's had to change direction and shift his movement, which maybe then affected him lunging in to try and win the ball. Um, I don't know the rules with, you know, he let play go and then the score from it. Um, it's then, is that double punishment in the same turn? Because you do that with a penalty. It was a great um, decision though, wasn't it? By Nick Walsh to, to play the advantage. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Because it would have been so easy. How many games do we watch uh, where you're so frustrated by the referee yeah, blowing, just yeah. not taking that second to let it breathe? I, I thought I thought Nick Walsh had a terrific game given it was his first old firm game. A really tough game to referee. And I, I thought he was nine and a half out of ten. Um, I think he was right with the Callum Davidson. I'd agree with Chris. I think the first one is, is debatable whether it's a yellow. But Callum knows he's on a yellow. Mm-hmm. And after that, he's got to stay in his feet. The um, first one's the first one is just great play. You know, he's not yeah. made them. He's sucked him in, and it's difficult. You know, he, Callum didn't look as if he was trying to then take him out. He's just the momentum of Kent looking for the ball the other side has just clipped their feet together, and then because maybe he's ready there to attack, then that's why he's gave the yellow card. But yeah. You know, it's 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 a hard. It's, I can see it being a harsh, but I can also see them being two yellows. And you're right, Nick Walsh did have a good game. Yeah, I can't say he's grabbed my eye previously, Nick Walsh. But that was really no. hot. That was high profile for him, wasn't it? The world was watching. If, if we can use that phrase, I mean, like, let's be uh, honest. It, it it's nowhere near as difficult as it, it is when there's a crowd in the stadium. No. But you know, given the the scrutiny yeah. that he was under, his first old firm game live on the telly, you know, going nationwide and all over the world. I, I thought he did himself proud. Davy Proven, Chris Burke, Rob McLean, Go Radio Football Show uh, on a Thursday night with uh, OPC Energy Limited. And we've got Callum with us as well. Hi, Callum. How you doing, guys? Yeah, very well. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. Um, the, the main sort of point I want to make is about the contrast between Celtic Rangers at this moment in time. I know, obviously, a lot of people are talking about Steven Gerrard being disappointed not to win a cup competition this season, but... If you look at how ruthless Rangers have been in the league, they've got a set system uh, where the players know what to do and they can make changes within that. You've seen Jack Simpson come in uh, at the weekend and, and be able to, to do well. Whereas you look at Celtic at the moment and, and it just baffles me as to why after 70 days or over 70 days, they are no closer to appointing a new manager. I just find it really strange. You consider the fact that Aberdeen, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Ross County, you would say smaller clubs than Celtic, they were able to have a turnaround in manager within sort of two weeks max and that allowed the new manager to come in and make an impact or at least for Stephen Glass come in, assess what's going on and plan for next season I'm just, I'm just astonished that Celtic haven't been able to do that yet and I think a lot of people are assuming Eddie Howe's coming in but yeah. the, lo- the closer it gets to the end of the English Premier League season 
the, the more worried I would be uh, because at Crystal Palace look as if they might change manager. Steve Bruce is always under pressure at Newcastle, and they're going to there are going to be openings down there. You never know after the Euros with Gareth Southgate with England as well. So I just I, I'm just baffled as to why Celtic are leaving it so long. The news that Shane Duffy is leaving today, leaving early, it, it suggests there's movement, but I'm just failing to understand why after 70 days there's there's no news that fans can can be told and, and look ahead to next season because if that's how fans are feeling Chris will know this how, how are the players feeling yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, Davey and I, we were just having that conversation, weren't we? Um, that, that the feeling is that Eddie Howe is about to happen and maybe it's something legal and contractual that has, has prevented it from actually being announced as yet. But what what's more difficult to get your head around, Chris, is the lack of communication, I think, out of Celtic. The fans want to hear something, even if it's not specific. They want to know that uh, the job is getting done in the background. It's a common theme I've since I've started doing, you know, punditry is that there's a severe, you know, disconnect between the Celtic fans and Celtic, you know, um, board. You know, the fans do want to know. And he makes a great point there with Callum saying about the, the players. Um, would they want to know? Do they know? Um, and they're just keeping quiet. But I've got a funny feeling they don't. Well, I think I we'd really, know. I think if they knew, we'd know. We would know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but he's right. Listen, I've, there's been many times I've found out in Sky Sports with that yellow banner where I've got a new manager or not, so I don't think the Celtic <laughs> players will know either. But how many Celtic players will be there? Yeah. Um, does it really matter to them also? so I, th- I think also, Davey, that the spotlight has been thrown recently on the connection or lack of it between a club and its supporters yeah. because of the, the farce that was the European Super League. Um, so we're all really looking at that and thinking about that at the moment. So in that context, Celtic's lack of communication doesn't yeah. look great. It doesn't sound great. No, it, it doesn't. But again, Dermot Desmond, I'm sure, will be aware that it doesn't look good. And that makes me all the more convinced that a deal has been done with Eddie Howe and that they are working behind the scenes. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that's that's the, the, the case. Um, I, I don't think for a moment that um, Eddie Howe is is going to take a, a Crystal Palace or uh, I, I don't think Dermot Desmond would leave himself open to that embarrassment and Callum there, there's there's so much to do isn't there I, th- I think that's the, the worry uh, in the heads of Celtic fans at the moment they're, they're hearing nothing they don't know anything for sure and they look at the contrasts you're talking about between Celtic and Rangers both on and off the pitch uh, and think there's a, there's already a pretty big gap to be closed here, isn't there, to, for Celtic to be competitive next season? Absolutely, Rob. And, and there's a massive gap at the moment, as the points total suggests in the league. And then there's the, the element of European football. Rangers have won the have won the title. They'll go into the Champions League qualifiers. Crucially, this Cel- this season Celtic will as well, even though they've finished second. And uh, Dermot Desmond and Peter Lowell. I know Peter Lowell, of course, is moving on. They, they know how important money is, especially coming in from European football. That's why I'm even more astounded a manager hasn't been hired now because you've got four or five loan players that you would assume would go back to their parent clubs. You've got question marks over Edward and Ayer, arguably the club's two best players who've got 12 months left in their deal. So even if you do sell them in cash in, you aren't going to get the, the big money that you may have got maybe 18 months to two years ago. So... There is such a rebuilding job to, to be done, and with those European games now less than a hundred days away, it just 
it just surprises me that Dermot Desmond hasn't maybe pushed the boat out. If there is a contractual or legal reason, you you would assume a level of money would solve that. And similar to the situation that Stephen Glass is in at Aberdeen, why couldn't Celtic and Dermot Desmond to flex their financial muscle got Eddie Howe in early, even if John Kennedy maybe was taking the team for the last three or four games, but but got him in and around the place early to, to assess it on the ground because the longer they leave it and as soon as the players leave for the Euros, etc., he's only going to have a very, very short period of time to, to deal with the, the squad that's left over and bringing his own players ahead of these qualifiers. And if you look at it honestly, Rob, if, if, he, if, he, if he goes out of the European qualifiers early and Rangers get through to the Champions League, that financial gap that Celtic have talked about for a number of years will start to swing the other way and it puts them under the cost straight away. Callum, I mate. I just wanted to ask the question. Um, I've, I've, I've said it at the start of the show. Um, Celtic, I feel as if Celtic fans are maybe a little bit impatient. Um, Gerrard's obviously won one trophy in, in, um, in his three seasons at the club and you talked about a rebuilding process. Are you happy then for Celtic to get like, the likes of Eddie Howe in you know just get his set system as you spoke about um, and then maybe not win a trophy win the league but just keep uh, a closer contact to Rangers and then maybe the following season um, look to challenge for the title would you accept that? I think the nature of the beast as you know having played um, at that level is the fact that he will have to compete for the title and he will have to compete for the Cups I think if Celtic fans can see progress and they can see a style of play and they're getting closer, they've won something, it would it would definitely go a long way to, to, to enabling fans to believe in Eddie Howe for the season after. But I do think he has to deliver some form of trophy next season because uh, when, when you're involved in the rivalry that Celtic and Rangers have and if Rangers were to say win a double next year, it never looks good uh, if you're the manager on the other side. So although... We are talking about a big rebuild. We are talking about how him having to implement his own strategy. I still think there is going to be a pressure to deliver something major, whether that's a sustained run in Europe or the league title coming back or one of the major cups. He's, he's not getting a warm-up season, David. That, that, doesn't, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. No, I, mean, I, I don't think for one moment that the Celtic supporters would settle for narrowing the gap next season. No. They will want to win the league. That, that's the nature of the, the beast in Glasgow. Um, Do you think that can be done though, David, with the amount of players very, and turnover? It would be very, very difficult, but I don't think the Celtic job is, is ever a project. It's it's win win the next game, that, that's what it's about. And I, I don't think the supporters will be in the mood for narrowing the gap. Does the league table tell an accurate story at the moment? 23 points between them. I, I don't think the league table ever lies, Rob. I, I think it's as accurate as you're going to get. And uh, I think it's just ironic that, you know, when Rangers actually got the rack together, Celtic fell apart, um, coincidentally. And that, that's why you have this the, this gap. It's just remarkable that that, um, that that Celtic have collapsed as spectacularly. The same players who, who won it last season. The same manager who outmanaged Steven Gerrard after the winter break last time around. Yeah. And, and now it's gone completely pear-shaped. And, and I do think, although Rangers were patient with Steven Gerrard for, for three years... Circumstances were different, you know. Mm-hmm. If you look at where Rangers have come from from 2012, the supporters were willing to give Steven Gerrard a chance because Rangers had come from such a low base. I think it's a different ballgame at Celtic. But it looks 
uh, Chris Burke like a long way back, doesn't yeah. it? For for this looks a ma- this I, looks like a massive job. Yeah, that's why you've seen it a low base. I think Celtic at this moment in time look as if they are in a low base with they don't know how many players have got next but, but, but season but and they're twenty three points you, behind. Yeah, but when you think about it, in December, just a few months ago, they were completing the quadruple treble, weren't they? I mean, yes. that's just a few months ago that they were wrapping up a twelfth trophy on the trot. But they'd also been knocked out of the Champions League, lost twice, 4-1 to Slavia Prague and, and had been knocked out yeah. by Ross County Yeah, and, and, last and I, November. So, I mean, Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon was as, as good as out of a job last November, Rob. Yeah. Um, and Dermot Desmond, whether it was through stubbornness or not, refused to bow, particularly after the, the scenes outside Celtic Park after the Ross County Cup defeat. He, he quite deliberately said, I'm not bowing to the mob, and I can understand that. But it allowed time to, to drift on when Neil Lennon, I think, was... He was a goner by that time. Callum, thanks for your call. Uh, that certainly got us uh, talking. Good to hear from you. And thanks, uh, take care of yourself, Callum. That's... Callum McFadden uh, who's actually a Morton fan uh, so he's got his own uh, concerns I would imagine at the moment but uh, some interesting uh, thoughts there about Celtic and that situation vacant The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 Get another cheers again there Yeah like a wee cheery Cheery cheers from uh, Chris, who's back uh, later, uh, keeping you across all the travel. By the way, we've teamed up with Argyle Holidays to give away a Premier Caravan break and a short hot tub break. Uh, that's tomorrow morning with Crofty and Grado. The guys will be live at the Drimsini Estate tomorrow, showcasing all the amazing hot tub lodges, leisure activities, restaurants, takeaways and bars all available there. So make sure you're listening to Breakfast in the Morning for your chance to win a big prize well joy of joys it could be four English teams in the two big European finals the Champions League already is that way because it's Manchester United against Chelsea as of last night Chelsea beat Real Madrid uh, 2-0 at uh, Stamford Bridge a 3-1 aggregate Billy Gilmore was on the bench uh, for them and the previous evening of course it was all very emphatic in fact both semis were pretty comprehensive really uh, Davy Proven weren't they because Manchester City beat PSG I think everyone was waiting for the big comeback from uh, PSG but uh, Mbappe stayed on the bench and uh, they never really looked as if they were going to touch Man City no, uh, I, I think the difference between City now and a couple of seasons ago they've got the centre-back position sorted out now yeah. um, Ruben Diaz Ruben, Ruben Diaz oh. and, and John Stone as, yeah. as well as you know is, is just looking the part and look at We're, that as well there David sorry to cut you, cut you off but we talk about you know maybe it takes some time for a player to create his full potential John Stones was Looked as if he was out the door at Man yeah, City. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he did. Everybody. He was. It looked as if Pep was trying to replace him with. Well, I think he with was. Players, and now look at him. Yeah. And uh, Tom, and Tom, you know, I mean, two two amazing managers because what a difference in Chelsea with Thomas Tuchel in charge. Yeah, I mean, it would be a sore one for Frank Lampard watching that that game last night. You know, um, same he, players, different outcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you can't argue with the the, the the job he's done. I'm just thinking about Billy Gilmer. If Tuchel's going to play with three at the back, I think it's going to be really hard for yeah. Billy Gilmer to get into that midfield four with Jorginho and, and Kante in there. And the, both of them, I thought, were, 
were fabulous uh, last night against Real Madrid. And he would love to have been involved, wouldn't he, to have got in front of uh, Stevie Clark at this yes. stage to, to just uh, wave a hand in front of Stevie Clark's eyes and say, get me in your 26-man squad. And it's difficult as well when you're playing, you know, trying to break into a team that's getting to the Champions League final and I think next season they'll be competing for the title in the, the English League as well. Uh, what does he do then, David? Do you think if he doesn't play any game time, do you think he should go on loan? Because there was actually talk of him, you know, maybe coming back to Rangers. He has, you know, been there before. So, yeah. what does he do? Well, that, that would, I imagine that would be um, the coach's decision where Billy Gilmore would go. The, yeah. the coach would see it as important that he goes to the right environment. Uh, he goes and plays for, for a club that's in a very competitive environment under a good coach. Yeah. Whether, whether they would view our premiership as being that environment, I'm not sure. But I do think he has to go and loan. Yeah. He has to play. And he has to play at a really good level. You well, know? he would play, I think, if he came to a club, you know, he came to Rangers. Um, plus, you would like to hope that Rangers are in the Champions League group stages as well. So that's quality there that he can play at. So, you know, it's a hard one for Billy Gilmore, isn't it? Because look who he's competing with to try and get into that starting yeah. 11. It's so difficult, Absolutely. isn't it? And there's much debate, isn't there, about those three extra places now in the squad. It will be 23 players on match day, but going into the tournament, uh, each manager can can name 26 as opposed to, to 23. And that and that does have us talking about Billy Gilmore and but it's, but it's Nathan Patterson and David Turnbull. So many youngsters competing yep. for the, those yeah. three extra places, yeah. you know. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think we are. Uh, Ryan Gold's another one. I know he's 25, yeah. but he's still has the best years of his career ahead yep. of him. And I, I think we are slowly but surely producing a better quality of young player in Scotland. I wonder if Kieran Tierney will play tonight for Arsenal. It's Europa League, of course, tonight. Uh, the two semi-finals, I think we can probably take for granted that uh, Man United are going to be in the final 6-2 up uh, from the first leg last week at Old Trafford against Roma, who, of course, uh, are going to see uh, Fonseca replaced by Mourinho at the end of the season as their new manager. But uh, you wouldn't give them too much chance tonight, even on their home patch of turning around a 6-2 uh, deficit against Scott McTominay, of course. Uh, and Man United but we will be interested in that Arsenal lineup tonight uh, didn't play at the weekend but there is talk of him returning potentially tonight for Arsenal against Villarreal he, he could be a you know he's, he's such a big player Chris for Arsenal um, that Arteta would probably want him in the team as they try to turn that 2-1 deficit around against Villarreal Yeah I agree with you Rob and I think the Arsenal fans will say the exact same thing not just Arteta and I think his teammates as well would just love him to be fit we just hope we get a fit Kieran Tierney for the Euros as well because he's so influential for for Scotland Um, he's a leader on and off the pitch the way he conducts himself on the field you know he's just a born winner he loves attacking but what I also love is he just loves defending as well he can play in numerous positions I think his best position, his best, he's got best positions. He's not just got one position for me. He's not just a left back. He can play left centre back. He can play wing back, and he could probably play midfield as well. He's that good, I think. Um, so, I hope he's fit, um, and I hope he's also fit for the Euros. It's thirty nine days uh, to those uh, European Championship uh, finals, um, and it's great that we're talking about McTominay and Tierney featuring tonight in these uh, Euro- European semi-finals. Uh, Billy Gilmore couldn't quite get on the pitch, but he was on the bench for Chelsea. Uh, and that's maybe a, a, a plaudit enough to tell you the, the level that he's operating at. You talked about the, the choices, Davey, that, that we couldn't yeah. have dreamed of yeah. not so long ago. Um, and we've also got players playing in, in big-time tournaments. Well, 
Well, you know, going back to, to my time, and it was a long time ago, Scotland at that time were picking Scots from Manchester United, from Liverpool, from Arsenal. Um, but that stopped. And, you know, we were, for a long, long time, we were mining players from the Championship in England, weren't we? Yep. And and those days are slowly, I think, coming to an end where we're, we're now been able to choose from a, a much better pool in terms of, of the English Premier League, old firm players up here, and I think the quality is, is definitely rising. Anyone involved with Clyde and uh, Dumbarton uh, won't be giving uh, two hoots tonight about the Champions League oh. or the Europa League uh, because there's a very important game in League One. Uh, it is uh, Clyde against East Fife. It kicks off in an hour's time at Broadwood and it will decide uh, who is in the relegation playoffs. Uh, at the moment, uh, Clyde are our second bottom. Uh, Chris, I, I hate to talk to you about relegation and playoff Again. issues because <laughs> this, I'll, be get, I'll, be get, I'll be getting inside your head. But at the moment, Dumbarton are safe, but Clyde basically know what they have to do tonight. They've got to beat East Fife at home and they jump out of that second bottom and they send Dumbarton into the playoffs instead. It's, it's big stakes, isn't it? That is big stakes, you're right in saying that, Robin. It just feels as if these these teams are playing every day, really, doesn't it? The amount of games they're playing, so you don't like to see anybody getting relegated. I think East Fife have maybe dipped in form a little bit as of late because they knew they were safe and they just didn't make that top six. I think they lost out on you know goal difference or something, so it's a big game for Clyde. Um, probably one that they want to stay in that division, so well, good luck to them. And you like the playoffs, Stevie? That, has that been a one good oh, yeah. decision taken in Scottish football in the last yeah, few years? I, I like the split as well, Rob. Yeah. I like yeah. the split. And actually the split in League 1 and 2 has worked quite yeah. well, hasn't yeah, it? It's, it's created lots of really big yeah, games but, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Anything that, anything that gets us away from non-competitive games, meaningless games, I think is good. And both the split and the, 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 the playoffs have done that. And what I like about the split is that all the teams in the bottom half of the Premiership, they all have it in their own hands. Because they're playing teams round about them, uh, and it, I, I think I, I yeah, think it's, it's more than three points, really, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. More than three yeah, points each yeah. game. Well, you take it. You can. I mean, you could end up. Is that week on Wednesday? Yep. Winner takes all. Yeah. It doesn't get any more exciting than I that, know. does it? It's a great game to play, and you know it's high stakes. You know it is like a cup final, really, isn't it? Well, we've got two cup finals now: uh, one at home at St Mullen, one away at Hamilton. And again, you'll be watching, or or you you'll be you won't be watching. No, no, I'm talking. No, I'm <laughs> not, I'm not, well, you're not, you're not going to be playing in the Ross County Hamilton game. But, that, but a week and when not a week and Wednesday next Wednesday. Yeah. But but that's that's of massive interest. You, and it's quite funny that as of today, and neither John Hughes nor his old sidekick Brian Rice are going to be in the technical areas that they're both serving touchline they, they never learn do they but it's Dingwall and sitting in the stand in Dingwall means you're actually probably closer to the pitch than you are when you're in the technical area it just shows you it doesn't matter though because Hamilton won and I think uh, Brian Rice was in the stand uh, where, where did that win come from? Hamilton, they're amazing. I mean, don't don't rule them out, and I'm don't want to depress you here. Chris, uh, listen, Davy, I said it in my interview on Thursday before the Motherwell game. Ross County, no disrespect, Ross County and Hamilton have more experience than us at this, so that's why we have to respect them and make sure we're switched on. News at six on the way, and then another hour of talking football. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today! Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? 
Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, two massive matches coming up at the weekend. Saturday for Dundee United against Hibs in the Scottish Cup semi-finals at Ham done and the following day it is St Mirren against St Johnston we've spoken already uh, about the incentive um, and the margins are so tight aren't they Chris Burke because uh, well I was there for your uh, quarterfinal uh, against St Mirren which went to penalties of mm-hmm. course three of the quarterfinals incredibly went yeah. to, to penalties um, and, and it must be pretty painful for you to look at those semi-finals and look at the incentives for those four teams and think that could have been Kilmarnock yeah you're right first of all it was a great advert for, for the Scottish game I thought Rob uh, all games were, were very good but we were probably what two minutes away from being a, playing against St Johnson yeah um, Giving away a penalty in the last two minutes or so, and then it goes all the way to penalties, and then the keeper makes a, a good save. And credit to St. Mun, they score, score all five and don't give us another opportunity. But St. Mun are a good team. Um, I thought it could have went either way on the night. You were ref, you were not refereeing the game, Rob. You were um, commentating <laughs> in the game. I've been refereeing you the one. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Um, but you know, you commentated in the game. You know, it could have went either way, couldn't it have? Um, yeah. But what a great advert for Scott, Scottish football. Yeah, sure it was. And uh, St. Mirren winning on penalties. Kyle McAllister getting the winning uh, strike in the shootout. Uh, and now it is St Mirren against St Johnston. And talking of St Johnston, we have uh, Ryan with us, who's a St Johnston fan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Rob. How are we doing? Yeah, very well. How it, how's your state of excitement ahead of the weekend? Ah, well, it was a state of shock, shock this morning or this afternoon when it came through. Yeah. Two players have got COVID. That was a bit of a... I was like, oh, no, hopefully not the whole verse team because then that'll, that'll be a bad one. But... Oh yeah, the excitement's building now, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. two players tested positive and four are ruled out. Um, so I guess you're doing what we're doing at the moment and wondering which four it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. can, can you break the yeah. news on the Go Radio Football <laughs> Show? You must can have insight. Can you tell us? I, I wish I could, but honestly, as a fan, I, I honestly don't know. I, I want to know myself. So you're the guys at the news channel, you should be telling me. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but we don't deal in tittle-tattle until... Uh, well, we do, yeah. actually, to be perfectly honest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get that uh, confirmed sooner or later. And you'll be hoping that it's, that it's fringe players, that it's not guys who would have been certain starters on, on Sunday... But hey, the way things are going for St Johnston this season, uh, you'll battle through that problem and, and win your second cup of the season. Aye. Uh, well, you're wishful thinking there, Rob. We've got to take one game at a time now. Come on now. You're sounding like Callum Robinson. Ryan, do you think um, it'll make much difference? So that I know it could be you know four important players, but do you think you see Callum Davidson changing the formation or anything like that? Because I don't. You know, I, I think the whole team is structured enough no matter who comes in, you know, they do a job because they all work extremely hard for each other. Um, I'm just wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I, don't, think he'll, I don't think he'll change, as you say. I think um, all the players know their role in, in the club. They always have done. Um, they know what, it's, what it means to, to play for St. Johnson. So I think they'll, they'll keep the same structure. They'll keep the same formation. I mean, why, why change something that isn't broken? You know, we've, we've done well with the formation and the tactics at the minute. So why change it going into Sunday? Callum Davidson is is nominated, Davy, uh, naturally enough. 
uh, by the football writers um, yeah. as one of their four candidates for, for manager of the season. Uh, Davy Martindale, bearing in mind uh, the amazing job he's done with Livingston, gets a mention. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, obviously. Uh, and Stevie Clark is in there as well. Who's your manager of the season? Uh, I, I think Stephen Gerrard. And, and let me say, I think Callum Davidson has done a, a terrific job in the, the cup competitions. Remember, St. Johnson won just two of their first 10 league games. It would have been very easy mm. for a board to pull the trigger in Callum Davidson because we know that happens in football. But Steve Brown, you know, had the, the confidence in him, uh, knew the, knew the knew Callum Davidson inside out, obviously, through his connection with St. Johnson previously and stuck with him. And my goodness, has mm-hmm. that proven to be good judgment on behalf of the, the board of the directors up there. Can I take you forward to the 22nd of May? The evening of, of that day, we're sitting at the bar. I'm, I've just bought you a pint and Callum Davidson has just led St Johnston to a Scottish Cup win. Who's your manager of the season then? Still Stephen Gerrard. Okay. Still Stephen two, Gerrard. Two pints? What have I bought you two pints? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think that the, the job that, that Gerrard has done this season, yeah. um, the, the transformation and the pressure he's been under as well because he wouldn't have got away with, with three seasons of failure. Absolutely no chance. So his job was on the line. He was up against a Celtic juggernaut at the time, going for 10 in a row. And he's won the league by 20 points. It is bordering on miraculous, the job he's done. Interesting to see what Ryan thinks of that. <laughs> Do you agree with Davey? Uh, it's going to be close. I think it's going to be either Gerard or Davison. I, I can't, I, as a football fan myself, you can't, you can't um, um, put, put, put down what the job Gerard done, even in Europe for Rangers like. You know, I was I was amazed at how well Rangers got as well as, as far as well with the budget they've got come up against big teams. So I think Gerard might just sneak it, but it all depends. I mean, if we win the Scottish Cup, there'll be a there'll be a fair contest to shoot anyway. But I, I think, think Gerard might just sneak it. Well, I think one of the significant factors, of course, is that it's voted for around about now or even yeah. earlier than yeah, I don't now. See why that so, is, so actually, I mean, I'm casting my mind back to 2014 when when St Johnston won the Scottish Cup. For the yeah. for the first time, and 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 that was that was momentous, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. it, but it all read somebody else had got manager of the season. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it could yeah. well. I think that season could well have been Tommy Wright. I don't think it, Tommy Wright won it, did he? No, he didn't. You no, know, he, he didn't. I think only like I think Yogi Yogi Hughes won it when he won the cup. I don't know what cup it was. I'm sure um, it was a Scottish cup. Scottish cup, yeah, yeah Scottish cup. Callum, I'm sure um, the Ross County manager. Um, what's his name again? Can't remember. He won the Scottish cup. Uh, or the League Cup didn't he uh, Ross County he won the, this award as well you look at Steve Clark, who with Kilmarnock won it twice um, finishing fifth and third didn't win a competition but he won it mm-hmm. so why would they not give it to Davidson you could argue then Davidson and Martindale are probably favourites the way the theme's going or what about Stevie Clark? this season the man who's taken yes. us to our first finals in 23 years does that not qualify him as as our Scottish manager of the season. You could argue that. That would be three out of the four years that he's won it. Yeah. You know, after winning it twice with Kilmarnock. Whoever, so. get, whoever gets the prize though, Callum Davidson is going to be one hot property, isn't he? We talk about players being fancied and and, and teams cherry-picking players out, out of squads and, and there will be some St. Johnston players who will be highly fancied in the next few weeks, no doubt about that. But Callum Davidson, the... the incredible job he's done that there will be there will be clubs looking on Davey with great interest I would have thought but they, I think the, the board would take that as a compliment to you know their, their judgement and, and they have over the years the St Johnson board been pretty decent at picking the right man you know I'm thinking Derek McInnes Owen Coyle uh, Tommy Wright obviously they yeah, very rarely get it wrong and 
there will be interest in, in Callum Davidson. If Callum Davidson does get a bigger club, I'm sure he'll go with the best wishes of the, the Brown family and the, the whole board up there. And the players as well, they'll, they'll yeah. be hot property. Yeah, Jason, someone know. like Jason Kerr. So yeah, you know, you've got Ali McCann as well, mm-hmm. 21 years yeah. of age. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of their players, Rob, I really do. Um, they, they play. I've spoke about it before, they play that difficult formation, that must be drilled into them every day. Um, and for your first full season as a manager, he's done ever so well. Ever so well. I'm just interested to hear what Ryan thinks. You know, do you think you'll get the opportunity to build on next season? Um, are you worried that a few of the players could go, or even Callum Davidson could yeah. go? Well, well, but here's a here's a thought, of course, and we spoke about it earlier in the show. If St Johnston do win the Scottish Cup, yeah. they've got a multi-million pound bonanza coming their way, so that could change things big time in terms, you know, keeping both Callum Davidson mm-hmm. and keeping some key players as well. Yeah, but if, if you, I think you also have to consider, Rob, that Callum Davidson has a profile in England, mm-hmm. not just up here. No, yeah. uh, he, no, no he I would, get that. He would yeah. be sought after yeah. by clubs, if not in the English Premier League, certainly by champions, uh, clubs in the Championship. Where, where did he, was it Preston? He played at Preston, didn't he? Yeah, and he, he, Stoke. he was assistant manager at Stoke with Gary yeah. Rowett as well, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and then came back to take this yeah. job. Yeah, and... and you know, pe- people Blackburn notice. Rovers, was it not? Blackburn Rovers, yeah, I think, he played, well, yeah. I think, he, yeah. I think he did yeah, play. He played, play. played at Blackburn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so as you say... Yeah, he has coached in England and people in yeah. England are aware of him mm. and will be even more aware of him if he wins the cup double. And it, it would probably be hard if he does that for St. Johnson to keep him. Do you settle for that, Ryan, in that your manager and players are, are linked with other clubs, mainly as a, as a, a product of being successful and, that, and that's just what happens? Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, I think we're putting St Johnson on the map now that we've got a talented, we've got a talented bunch of players. We've got talented managers through the years. Um, I think, um, as Chris was saying, I think that things will change next season. Yeah, I do. I think. I think. Um, Calum, I said last week on the show that um, Calum had said in a local newspaper up in Perth that there's been. He's known that a few scouts have been up looking at a few of their players, but he's not naming who. So it'll be interesting to see in the summer. Who, I mean, if, if if bids come in, then they're going to have to take it because we are a wee club. We are a sell, we're going to be a selling club. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see who goes and who stays. And I, I think what what would give me confidence, I think, about St. Johnson at the weekend, even if there were some key players missing, mm-hmm. which might well be the case because of because of COVID, is that Callum has actually regularly changed the team. It, it isn't about eleven players there; it is about a squad, and and they do tend to slot in pretty seamlessly, they Chris. They do. It- completely right there Rob I think Brian would agree with you and that. that's why I, I don't think it'll make obviously it will make a, a, a little bit of a difference but I don't think it'll make a huge impact in the performance or the result no matter who's out that team I really don't I think um, Callum Davidson's got them structured enough still to get them into a final What's your prediction Ryan for Sunday? 2-0 set Johnson And who will you be playing in the final? Hibs or Dundee United? Uh, um, I was impressed with I was impressed with Dundee United against Aberdeen yeah. uh, last week. I was really impressed, but I think well, I think I might go extra time. But I think with the quality that Hibs have got, I think they might just sneak into the final. Okay, good to talk to you. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, good. Thank you very much, guys. See All the best, yeah. Ryan. That's Ryan, yeah. a St Johnston fan. A little bit worried about who might be missing, uh, but really looking forward as well to that Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden on Sunday Samaritan against St. Johnson and the previous day Dundee United against Hibs speaking about young managers Chris mm-hmm. Burke uh, do you yeah. fancy becoming one at some stage what, what are your 
aspirations as regard coaching and, and management is that something I know you've got plenty enough on your mind at the yeah. moment without thinking about that but but it must be something in your quiet moments that you do think about yeah Rob I'll be honest you know, I, I want to continue in football after I stop playing uh, I would love to coach whether you're a coach or a manager I don't think you can determine that until you actually get an opportunity to know what your qualities are and what your personality is um, it's a learning process in the same same time I've said it before where uh, once I stop playing um, I would like to give, be given that opportunity but there's so many coaches out there and very good coaches as well that are not in a job so I have to be privileged enough to, to get that opportunity and when Have I you do, done the badges? Have you done your badges? I've done my badges I've not done um, the pro licence I think it's right. very difficult to do your pro licence when you're still playing yeah. um, it's a two year process you have to go But you intend to do it yeah? I do intend to do it right. yes I do intend like everybody else you know there's so many players now that are still, are still playing that have the same qualifications as me what you have to do is a certificate tells you nothing Rob it's how you conduct yeah. yourself in the training field and how you manage a group but do you I, need to have the, the certification yeah, you, I mean, do, is that, you, you yeah. do have to have them to, to have the opportunity nowadays the, the CVs going into every club um, that are, are, are amazing you know you, basically the criteria is you have to have a pro license before you even get an interview Um I'm sure Barry would tell you that as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, bit, it's a bit daft because I remember Cruyff didn't have the qualifications no. when he was. <laughs> he was yeah, that, that's why certificates mean Martin nothing. Martin O'Neill didn't have the qualifications yeah. when he came yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, it is a bit daft. Isn't it's it, certificates really? mean nothing. It's an education. It's it, it, shows it, your medals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, did you think about it when you when you were obviously your your playing career was cut short by illness? I mean, did did you think about coaching management at yeah, that stage? Yeah, I, I think everyone thinks I'll give it a go, and I did a bit of coaching with the, the the Celtic youngsters, but decided pretty pretty quickly it wasn't for me. Um, when you find yourself shouting and bawling <laughs> in the middle of a dressing room, I don't think it's for you at all. You know, I thought so, you were going to say in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is, only sometimes. Yeah, it's either for you or it's not. You can tell yeah, straight away, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, right I right. had the passion for it. I loved it. It was like a bug. You know, you want more of it. Um, but you, you, you are right in saying that. I've had so many players next to me that have done the same qualifications or a little bit less, and they've just said it's just not for me. And would you be tempted, Chris, to do a bit of coaching and a bit of playing? Does that work? You know, could that could yeah. that be you next season potentially? That's a big question, isn't it, Rob? Isn't it? Um, what do you do? Uh, it's so difficult to uh, actually find out the perfect solution or the perfect formula. I'm 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 one of I still want to play next year. Um, and so what, you should, Chris. So yeah. so you should. You should you should want to squeeze every last drop out of it. Especially since you've been so fortunate with injuries. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, that's probably one thing why I'm still playing to this day. You know, I've, I think I've only missed one game this season. I think I missed two the season before. Usually, when you're older, you've had previous injuries. You start catching up, and you don't. And then you kind of miss a few, and then you you lack fitness. But I'm training every day. Um, your joints are okay, even playing my in that, are fine that surface. I'd, and you, you train, know, you train on the. I train on the astroturf. Yep, I do. <laughs> I know. I know. Do you that's know, amazing. I, so you're an advert for astroturf. I'm an advert of grass stuff. So any any manager that comes on and says I can't wait to play in grass talking rubbish, aren't they? Um, so would you prefer well. would you prefer to go back to grass or are you so I I think, accustomed to it? Now? Do you know what I think you have to be now as a football player? You have to be adaptable. You have to be able to play in our stuff. You have to be able to play in grass. And I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when the players that come on that go to grass, if they find it a little bit more challenging, it's a little bit more time to to settle in. It's why. So, you know, some players that play on grass and come to our surface, they might 
it might take them 40 minutes before they start, you know, playing the way they want to play. But I have been fortunate with injuries. And, you know, maybe it's down to genetics as well. Or I don't know what it is, Rob. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just not thinking about it. Because no. maybe if I think about it... Ah, well, exactly. Me. Don't overanalyze. For yeah, goodness exactly. But what you have analysed is Kilmarnock's record on AstroTurf compared with Somebody grass. told me this, yeah. Somebody told me this and it's not Oh, you nice. didn't work this out yourself then, no? What? Uh, somebody, well, you'd somebody well, else. You never ever get a start for yourself, do you? <laughs> that's, you no, no, that's true. People, I've got you? to admit that. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, at home, we have we're top six... Um, and uh, away so from a top home. six team on AstroTurf yeah, on your home patch. Away from home, we are bottom. <sighs> That's incredible, and mm. and that was prop when when Livingston had. Uh, maybe li- not so much this season, but maybe in previous seasons, that's been Livingston as well, isn't it? They've accrued yeah. most of their points on the on the plastic yeah. pitch do as you, well. Do you remember when they put their plastic? Pitched down initially the ro- the rubber crumbs. The we clips. played yeah. it. Was rubber crumbs. We were the team that played on it, and even we were complaining. And we played. Oh, it was crazy, tough. wasn't it? It was so many. I think there was. I think there's something like thirty or three thousand pellets have to be on it, or something. I don't know. Thirty thousand pellets, and I think they doubled it. So <laughs> that's why every every pass of the ball, every every slide tackle, every yeah. bounce of the ball, we just seen the pellets bounce up. Yeah. We actually went into the changing room after, and there was just pellets everywhere, all <laughs> over, is covered. Heading for a break, Davey, but just hearing breaking news from London that uh, the Arsenal fans are, are staging a protest outside, yeah. not inside this time, because there were terrible scenes, weren't they, at Old Trafford, uh, when the Man United fans uh, showed what they thought about their, their leadership. Um, and off the back of, of course, of that uh, European Football League, uh, Super League farce, um, the Arsenal fans protesting tonight as well it is a sign of the times. I, I just wonder what they want, the Arsenal fans. Because I, I don't think a club of that size is going to go into fan ownership. I don't think the, the supporters have no. enough money. They, they might swap Stan Kroenke for another multi-billionaire. But I, I, I mean... It, okay, they, they want to be a factor in the decision-making process, though, don't they? Yeah. Don't they? But you know, you know what that would mean. Is they, that, they, is they, that they, fantasy they, land? They, they would have a token representative yeah. on the board and have no say. Yeah. Like, let's be honest about it. Because no... None of the big shots like the, the Glazers and Fenway, are they going to allow supporters to, to run the club when they have such a big investment in it? I don't, I don't think they are. No. I mean, they're not going to get, fans are not going to get that close, I guess, to the running of the club. But then you would say at the moment, Chris, they couldn't be much further away when they're all completely bypassed in all the European talk. Not just them, but the players and the, and the manager as well. Yeah, maybe that's just, you know, magnified now because they're not out in the stadium, you know. They, they, they want to voice still a little bit more of their concern or whatever for the football club usually they can voice their concern when the game's getting played uh, now that they can't do that they're voicing it in another way so I do feel for the fans we just hope we get them back next season and they can maybe be a distraction um, for the you know ongoing situations now that big clubs have and their ownerships of the big clubs as well we're talking football. Feel free to join us. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. I certainly can't complain about the service tonight on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, two great wingers, one on either side of me, uh, Davey Proven and Chris Burke, Kilmarnock wingers, past and present. No such thing as wingers anymore. Since Are you not a winger? No. Can I not describe you as what a winger? You, what do you call them now? I don't know, just an inside midfielder probably, a wide midfielder. Um, <laughs> inverted inverted, inverted wingers, yeah. they call them now, Inverted. Don't really get wingers now, Rob, come on. We'll try to keep your mind off the these big relegation games coming up, but I think I think it's fair to say we're failing miserably, Davey, uh, so far. I think, I think we've made him more worried than he was when he came <laughs> into the studio, uh, to be honest. I'll not be back. 
until two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm still in the Premier League. <laughs> Big games to come for uh, Kilmarnock uh, at home to St Mirren. There's a, a rematch, a grudge match. Uh, you refereeing that I've, game again, Rob? I, I might, I might referee that one actually. <laughs> There's a shortage of good referees in Scotland, to be honest. And then you're you're away uh, at Hamilton on the final weekend of the season. I mean, and the way this has gone, you would kind of expect it to go right down to the wire, wouldn't Couldn't you? Couldn't write it, could you? No. You'd rather play Real Madrid than Hamilton away in the last yeah. day of the season. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> you know. Hamilton are always there. They always get written off all the time and then they always come back, don't they? And Brian Rice will be back on touchline patrol by, by yeah. then, won't he? John Hughes, of course, uh, banned uh, today. Four-game ban for I think what he said about Martin Boyle and his speedos it was he, he, I thought he should probably have got an award for that line it was, it, it was pretty good he said uh, the last time he saw someone diving that well or winning speedos and it was it is that was what he got done for that, yeah? and, and, uh, come yeah. on well, it was, I think it was something in, to say about the referees yeah, role, yeah I think I think it wasn't just his one liner right. I think it was possibly he was critical but we've, we've spoken about it uh, before on this show Davey um, you know sometimes why why are managers not allowed to criticise yeah, it's, because it's part, it's part of football. They're all involved in the, in the same game. Um, and I, I think within reason, managers, and given that a manager's livelihood depends on the referee's performance, if mm-hmm. the referee's had a poor game, he'll know it. And providing it's reasonable, the criticism, I think, should be allowed. Providing managers aren't questioning a referee's honesty or, a, you know, a, a yeah. accusing them of bias, then I, I think they, they should be able to give an opinion on the referee. And it is actually a, a pointless, vaguely ridiculous punishment to hand out, especially uh, at the moment, because you know inside, inside a, a small football ground, you're probably just about five or six feet away from where you would be anyway. There are no fans there, so you're, you're actually going to make yourself heard from even a few rows back. It, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It doesn't, doesn't really make much difference, does it? I think it actually happened to Jim Goodwin not long ago as well in the yeah. 1-3-1 at yeah. Ross County I think actually um, yeah. he beat Ross County 3-1 and he was sitting in the stands just not far from probably gets a better view of it as well as a manager don't you probably gives you a little I, I bit don't of know time why, I don't know why they're at ground level Yeah, you know, I, I think if you look at the, the, the rugby coaches and I know it's a different game but they're all yeah. a high vantage point in the stand and certainly you, you see much more of the game, I think, if the, if you're sitting in the stand. You do, Davey, I 100% agree with you. Um, on the substitutes bench as well, you can see it a little bit better than the manager. Uh, I don't know how Bielsa does it, he crouches down. <laughs> how does he, how can he see the <laughs> game from there? Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just likes to see all his, t- all his players running, doesn't he? Yeah. So you can see their legs running, um, but I don't know how they do it yet. Listen, it must be through experience. I'm, re- I'm re- just nearly finished Brendan Rogers' book and he speaks about that. Um, he prefers to be on the touchline only because if there's information needed at a certain point he doesn't want to wait to half time he might have to tweak it after 10 or 15 minutes so he wants to get the point across you know, within that split yeah. second because that could be a defining moment in the game Remember Jim McLean used to use the, the walkie-talkie yeah. Jim spent most of his time <laughs> up in the stand because he was suspended yeah, that's he used right. to lose that's the, right. the, the, well, the well, nut he done it Walter Smith, when I had the manager, Walter Smith, you always up the top, um, watching the game, um, the, giving the that inform, giving that information to Alan McCoyst, 
Um, There's some great pictures down. as well of Jim McLean, aren't they? Charging down from, from, his, <laughs> yeah. from his position on high. Usually about five minutes into the game when he'd had enough by that stage and he was about to garrot somebody on the, on the touchline. Who is Scottish football's player of the season? You'll all have your thoughts on that. The, the football writers announced their shortlist today. Uh, Rangers dominated, of course. No great surprise there. Um, Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson... And Stephen Davis are the four in contention, Davey. I asked you right at the top of the show, uh, and you said Stephen Davis. Em- yeah. Embell- embellish. Yeah, I mean, I think the most difficult thing to do in this game is make it look easy. And only the top players do that. And Stephen mm-hmm. Davis makes the game look simple. And 126 caps yeah. for Northern Ireland in, in the season, he broke the record. Um, he's just been so consistent. I mean, you never get any less than eight out of 10 from him. And really, it's, that's the sort of player I look up to as well. Rob, if you think about it, you know... Is he at, younger than you? At his age. I think he's older than me. <laughs> I think he's... Is he 36, Is, he, oh, is, he, is he younger than me? I think so. I was fortunate enough to play him for a short spell and he never gave the ball away in training, never mind the football game. Um, his ball retention was amazing. Uh, his decision-making as well. So experienced. And, yeah, he's a sort of player... Because he's playing international football as well, yeah. Davey. At the age he is, he's travelled every single time he's to play for his country usually at that age you stop playing for your country to allow you more time to recover for for the actual oh, cup no, football up every still time. playing for, he must have been played over 40 games this season yeah. for Rangers and he's, he seems to have got better and better I think as the season's yeah. gone on as well because I, I think I might have needed a bit of persuading that, that, mm. it was, that he was the player of the season maybe three months ago but not now because he's just all he's, over games at the moment. He's improved like a good wine. I, yeah. I remember being in a, um, working on a, an Aston Villa Southampton game and being in David O'Leary's office before the game. Roy Aiken was David O'Leary's assistant and obviously I go back a long way with Roy and I was in talking to them before the game. And they said to me, watch this young guy we've got just come in on the first team, Stephen Davis. He's going to be a star. And he came into the team, kept his place in the team and did brilliantly for him. There was talk at that time of him going to Manchester United and Spurs and various others. Didn't happen for him, but if you look at the career he's had, mm. um, and he's a bit like you, he never gets injured. Yeah. He never gets injured, Chris. That's what you're saying here, Dave. <laughs> we get to important games. Yeah, I, tell you, I tell you, he could have injured himself when he did that bicycle kick against he Celtic have, when, yeah. when he scored that amazing goal. I mean, that, that was a remarkable moment as yeah. well. Yeah, You had to sort of uh, take a double take at that point didn't you I mean I, I was doing the commentary in the game to think that is Stephen Davis in yeah, the six yard box with, a, with yeah. a bicycle kick and usually he's the one that's assisting that yeah. um, but uh, what a terrific player terrific to have him in the Scottish game as well he, he's a great example isn't he, he is. you know to, to youngsters watching and myself Rob yeah. He's, yeah. he's a role model yeah. for everyone not just younger but, but also older the way he handles himself you know, yeah. you know he doesn't get involved in anything he doesn't need to get involved in and he just he finds time and room in the game doesn't he yeah I, I think there's um, a decency about his behaviour on the pitch you, you never see him losing it bad mouthing people always calm measured and the polar so. opposite of Cal- uh, uh, McGregor <laughs> yeah. the total opposite the madman and goals the madman and then you've got the calm and collective yeah. one of Davis haven't you but, Davey. The, but there was another reminder from McGregor wasn't there at the weekend about what yeah. he does and, and he's he's 39 isn't he Alan, Alan McGregor he's knocking 40 he's just signed a, a new deal uh, and when when needed, he comes up with a save like that one yeah. from El Yunusi on Sunday when he tips it onto the crossbar. He, he's tortured Celtic this year, Alan McGregor. A bit Andy Goram-esque in that respect. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, and and he's also, 
he's also reminded Celtic why they should have kept Craig Gordon mm. who I think I'm right in saying is younger than Alan McGregor maybe not by a lot but he's younger yeah he is yeah, yeah. and you know these, these guys are still going it's they're so fit so dedicated to their training now these guys I mean it's not unusual now for a keeper to play beyond 40 Callum yeah. Callum who called us earlier on uh, spoke about the the massive contrasts that there are this season between Rangers and Celtic and, and, and there's one position that almost tells the whole story of this yawning gap between the two teams Alan McGregor a match winner for Rangers so valuable when required he comes up with a big save he just does it again and again and again Celtic have tried three goalkeepers this season um, and it hasn't worked for them. It's just experience, Rob. I put it down to, you know, that Steven Gerrard has signed experience. We're talking about, you know, the two players that are up. Well, not, not just the two, but you've got Davis, who's so experienced at the age of, what, 36. You've got McGregor at the age of 39. Um, they've played the game, they know it inside out. They've played in the league as well beforehand. Um, again, that... It helps so much. I, I don't know how many points McGregor has saved. You couldn't put it put it, put it down, but I bet you he's saved about ten points for his team. Um, that's why for me, I know Davis says Stephen Davis, and I I could not argue with that. But for me, I think big moments and in big games, I think he's produced a little bit more, and that's why. He's a for goalkeeper, me, Chris. I know, how can a but, goalkeeper be footballer of the year? Well, I'll tell you, in two thousand and fifteen. <laughs> Craig Gordon won this award 2015 Craig Gordon did with Celtic so I looked at it and I honestly thought Davey um, these awards are always go to the attacking players always go to the flair players like your Kents you know um, Morelos Edward but in 2008 Cuella won it for Rangers 2009 Caldwell won it for Celtic 2010 David Weir won it for Rangers 2011 is a Gary won it for Celtic. Charlie McGrew in 2012. That's a lot of defenders or defensive players yeah. that are winning these awards. And Craig Gordon won it in 2015. So I've just got a funny feeling that they will go for McGregor with this one. We, we were speaking about that on Tuesday and, and how crazy it seemed to be contemplating giving the award it's a, it's Rangers player of the season isn't it which doubles a Scot Scottish player of the season but why would you give it to, to Alan McGregor when there's been so much sparkling outfield play from Rangers this season but but then again Davey why not yeah I mean it's, it's a specialist position I, I mean I, I just don't think goalkeepers are footballers I've got a thing about this but, <laughs> but I, I would not grudge Alan McGregor getting the recognition that he deserves but you're not going to you're going to have to put bamboo shoots down my fingernails to get me to change my well, mind. We could, we could try this. <laughs> do you think? Do you think if he never had McGregor, then I don't think they would be invincible. Well, the chance still to be invincible if they had McGregor in goal. That's what the Rangers fans have to ask themselves, and that's probably why for me, then McGregor gets this award. Does anyone else, Chris, elbow their way into the reckoning? Was there was there anyone out with Rangers who had a shout here for for being involved in the final shakeup? It's hard not to say, you know. It's I don't think so, you know. You, there, mm. there aren't there aren't many seasons, it's are there, when no. not one player from any other club yeah. is involved in our thinking about player of the season. Martin Boyle, no. Yeah, well, yep. you know, he's been Hibs' best player, yeah. hasn't he? He's yeah. not John Hughes' favourite, to be honest, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but, think, yeah, yeah, he's been... But, you know, does, does does Martin Boyle get into the Rangers team? No. 
I think that that's what you have to keep on asking yourself. So what happens with the team of the year then? Do you just pick every single Rangers player? Well, who gets in your team of the season that's, that doesn't play in blue? Or the Rangers blue? It'd be very, very difficult not to pick every single Rangers player just because I'm not just picking the Rangers players because of how far away they've won the league. I'm putting it on the performances and the style of play. You know, but the way Steven Gerrard's got his identity to the team, I think they've just got a, they play a certain way, they play the same formation. The players that step in and in, in and out just play the same way. So for me, you know, it's very, very difficult to pick another player other than a Rangers player. Martin Boyle is one, I think he's very exciting. You could argue Nisbet as well. But in the same mm -hmm. turn, who do you put up front? Because I think Roof, Morelos, even Edward has scored more goals than Nisbet. So it's very difficult to, to put Nisbet in when other players have scored more goals in them. And Edward is the top scorer in the country yeah. and can't get a sniff. That's yeah. the <laughs> I think his goal ratio is actually the best as he's played less games. He scored 21 goals and I think about... He's been slaughtered. 32 games. <laughs> I think he's slaughtered. he scored two less than he has last season. He's yeah. played 10 more games last season. He set the bar far too high for himself, didn't he? <laughs> it would be all right if we could all have you know a poor season score 21 <laughs> goals, David. <laughs> be all right that, wouldn't it? We were hearing earlier that uh, Arsenal fans protesting outside the ground ahead of the match against Villarreal tonight in which, of course, Arsenal can make it an all-English final just as it is in the in the Champions League as well. Kieran Tierney is not in the starting lineup for Arsenal. Uh, we'll find out if he's on the bench tonight in that game as we head into the final chunk of the show. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Thanks to Chris for the travel throughout the last couple of hours. Like a trooper, he continued yeah. there despite having a little bit of a throat issue. Uh, no throat <laughs> issues here. These two have been talking for their country so far. Chris Burke, Davey Proven with Rob McLean on the Thursday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. More European football tonight if you're going to be watching that. The Europa semi-finals. One of them is pretty much done and dusted. You would have thought it would be a bit of a shock if Roma come back from 6-2 down against Manchester United. But uh, Arsenal against Villarreal is certainly a bit more interesting with Arsenal looking to come back from 2-1 down from the first leg in Spain. Also interesting to, to note, of course, that despite it being uh, two English teams, Man U, uh, Man City, I should say, and Chelsea in the final of the Champions League, Davy, it's in Istanbul. That makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, well, I know, it, it beggars belief, but then when you look at the European Championships being played in 12 different capital cities throughout Europe, none of it makes any sense. I mean, Greenpeace must be loving this. Eh? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. When you think about the well, the COVID issues they've had. Uh, Turkey's been in lockdown yeah. quite, quite recently. All the travel restrictions that are that are with us, and you're talking about sending two English teams to Turkey. And will fans but, want to know, be want to travel even though they don't uh, get into inside the ground? Yeah, UEFA keep boasting about reducing their carbon footprint, and they're asking you know two teams to fly from their own country to. To Istanbul to, to play a, a game of football for an hour and a half. It yeah. doesn't add up. Talking about breaking news, Davey, um, you were spotting something about HMRC in Newcastle. Yeah, HMRC have, made, have been involved in a very lengthy investigation into Newcastle. I think you'll probably remember pictures of HMRC officials basically raiding St James Park, taking away um, documents, etc. Well, the, the HMRC have concluded their investigation tonight and Mike Ashley is now saying it, it's, I think, the exact words he used where it's time for the dark forces who are trying to undermine this club club to, to back off 
And I, I think he was being critical there also of the Premier League who stopped the transfer of his ownership to the Saudi Arabian company. So Mike Ashley now in a position, I think, to, to try and sell Newcastle and finally get it off his hands. Yeah, that could be uh, significant indeed. Uh, some other football uh, news of the moment. Borussia Dortmund have been talking today about uh, their prize asset Erling Holland. Uh, and saying that he will not be sold for less than 150 million wow. quid. <laughs> wow, it's madness, isn't it? What a what a prospect and, he is at the age of 20. Well, you've got Kane and Haaland. Where do they go in the summer? Because yeah. I'm sure Kane will be going somewhere. Um, there was talk of 90 million of him for him. But do you think Levy will accept 90 million for that if he's saying Haaland's going for 150, Davy? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, what, Daniel Levy is very good at getting top dollar. It'll be very interesting to see. Um, but do, do you keep Harry Kane if he's not happy? That's the thing. I mean, I, I think the example that you use is, is Celtic this season who kept players who didn't want to be there in the hope that they would get over the line in 10 in a row and it, it backfired spectacularly. Talking of Celtic, you would imagine that David Turnbull is the front runner to mm -hmm. be young player of the season. He didn't play the full campaign, did he? But uh, then you look at the competition and it's Nathan Patterson who's played only a handful of games for Rangers, promising, of course, though he is. Uh, Lewis Ferguson, whose first half of the season was more impressive than the second half, I think he would be the first to admit. Josh Doiger, I would say, has been mighty impressive for Hibs. Yep. But in terms of profile, uh, Chris Burke, David, is it David Turnbull for you? For me, it is Turnbull. Um, <clears throat> Patterson, I think, you know, only like, I think, 14 appearances um, this season. I, I think it's hard to give someone that, especially when you've got the likes of Turnbull um, and Ferguson there. Uh, for me, it is Turnbull. Still only, what, say, 21 years of age. Um, in 2019, he won it with Motherwell. You know, scoring 16 goals. Incredible. Then had to wait to get his turn to, to go to Celtic after that, the knee operation he had and to come back firing the way he has done it took a little bit of time to get into the squad at Celtic into the first team but now it looks as if he's a very influential important player for Celtic and I think he will be for the, the years to come whoever the manager is I think he'll be still in the starting 11 He wasn't in the Scotland squad in March will he be in the Scotland squad for June Davy? I, I don't think so but he's certainly good enough to play for Scotland uh, there's a maturity about his game which belies his 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 age. I mean, at 21, he went straight into the, the, the Celtic side and he had to wait his chance. But the moment he got in, he looked as if he'd been in there for years. Would that be a mistake to leave him out? I, I think a lot of people were scratching their heads, you know, because Celtic weren't playing particularly well front end of the season. And I think they could have got David Turnbull into the side quicker than they did. And he is going to be a, a fabulous player for Celtic going forward. He's only going to get better. And I think you mark him up, don't you, recently, because Celtic have been struggling mm -hmm. uh, and he's he keeps up his standards, doesn't he? Yeah, well, what he is doing is he's performing and probably are, you could say that not in a team that's performing, he's performing well. So what's it going to be like when you've got a, a, a firing Celtic team, um, a team that's a Celtic team that you would like to hope will improve next year and he'll blossom even more in that um, because he's an attacking player. So he's going to get more shots and goal He's going to get more assists, going to get more chances to create. I think he's get the most chances created in the Premier League and he's just started playing for Celtic. He didn't play the full season, which is an incredible achievement. He's a player that I think will always score double figures, Davy. I really do, just because he's got a great eye for goal outside the box and a rise inside the box as well. But where, where, 
where is his best position? Just off the front? Yeah, too? I think he's or, or off the front? Yeah, off the front. Centre of the supporting three? Yeah. Unless the the new manager that comes in and I think there's probably some attributes he has to improve on, whether it's defensively, you know, winning the ball back, anticipating where the ball's going to land, um, recovery runs, but when you've got a player of that talent, Dave, you want him at the top end of the pitch, yeah, don't yeah, you? You absolutely. just want him and get the other players to do their jobs. Is he a problem, Chris, for your old gaffer, Stevie Clark, because he forces him to play a different way? Um, if he puts him in the team? I think he's an option. I think he's a different. If you look at the way Steve Clark, you know, he's he's progressing the team. I don't think it's just one formation that he plays now. He's 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 playing different formations. So you need different personnel for different formations. You know, you could be a goal down um, in the Euros or in the future. Um, is David Atumbo a player that can open up spaces that could get you a goal from nothing? Yes, I think so. But we're blessed in that area as well. Um, it's not just David Turnbull you could argue like we spoke about Billy Gilmore Ryan Gold um, and McGinn's doing it in that similar position I think, as well, I think that's he? a big problem that, that John McGinn has nailed that position down yeah. John, John McGinn is, is Scotland's superman mm. uh, he's, he's the first name in the team sheet and I think David Turnbull if he's going to play for Scotland would be in that position wouldn't he playing yeah. behind the but he would the be an option off the, off, when, if it's not going well he would yeah, be an option off the bench wouldn't absolutely. he absolutely and, and so by the way would, would Ryan Gold be mm. he, he is a genuine number 10 which not really sure we have one a, a, a kind of David Silva type mm-hmm. you know the, yeah, the yeah. guy who can find the eye of the needle, needle pass um, so Gold is another one who Steve Clark might be tempted to bring in and you it, talk about Jack Henry getting most man of the match he's in his league I think Ryan Gold got yeah, most has, man of the match he's had a he's terrific in, season for in his season as well is he a victim of the lack of profiling for Portuguese yeah, football? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I yeah. don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, and he's another one. We were talking about Jack Hendry earlier on having the the courage to go abroad. And, and young Gold went away, what, 21, 22 yep. uh, yeah. to Portugal, yeah. learned the language, has been on various loan spells and, and must have been tempted to, to say, I've, I've had enough, I'm coming home. He stuck it out and he's now a really important player in Portugal One last word on David Turnbull um, and I think we very quickly forget what the guy's been through he's 21 as you said Davey um, when, when the move fell through yeah. from Motherwell um, and he had to have surgery the mental turmoil yeah. that that guy must have yeah. come through and come out the other side and been you know, the player he was and maybe better than the player he was speaks volumes yeah. for him. I've, I've no doubt though that Neil Lennon was very supportive. I know he was still a motherable player after the deal fell yeah. through, but I've no doubt that Neil Lennon promised him. A bit like Alec Ferguson and Ruud van Nistelrooy. Remember when yeah, yeah. van Nistelrooy was going to Man U and get the, the cruciate yeah. and Fergie flew to Holland to see van Nistelrooy just to say to him, look, we're still going to take you, get yourself fit and we'll take it. and I'm pretty sure Neil Lennon did the same thing with David Turnbull yeah and he's a massive plus isn't he for Eddie Howe if it is Eddie Howe and we expect it to be that way we expect it just a matter of time now before the red tape is cut through and, and Eddie Howe can be announced as, as the Celtic manager Chris I mean uh, David Turnbull is one who's who he's already got in his team yeah. he's already building it around the likes <laughs> well, of Turnbull McGregor Ayer if he can be persuaded to stay he would like to hope so Um Especially at the age of 21, you like to see your, your young players, you know, playing for Celtic and Rangers and have a long career. Um, and that's the thing when you play for Celtic and Rangers, David, you have to, you know, f- get a goal from somewhere sometimes with the tight spaces that are, are given 
to you uh, when you're playing against opposition. Your your back's against the wall. You play against a a defensive team. You know, not just defenders. It's midfielders and even sometimes attackers. You need these sort of players that can just open gaps um, and eliminate players and and get a shot away with a half a yard or whatever. So he's going to be an important part for the future of Celtic Football Club. It's another football show um, that, as we come to the end of it, has just underlined uh, what Callum was talking about earlier on, the the, the massive divide between Rangers and Celtic. We're talking about uh, it being very difficult to elbow anyone out of the team of the season who's not a Rangers player. Yeah. Um, and, we're, and we're looking at massive holes to fill in the Celtic side for next season. Yeah, but I mean... Odson Edward is top scorer in the country, 21 goals. And, and you know, he's almost being overlooked. You know, he's been slaughtered at times for, for his attitude. He scored 21 goals. Yeah. Martin Boyle's another one I would throw in, but yeah, obviously the, this has been Rangers season from, from start to finish and it wouldn't surprise me if, if it was a, a Rangers 11 that, that wins that award. Yep, and already, of course, um, we heard about Fashion Sakala mm-hmm. from Ostend earlier in the week. Uh, Paul, um, Jack Simpson's already in the team. Scott Wright is playing. Uh, another signing from Bournemouth on the way. Um, Rangers are well ahead, aren't they? And they're planning for next season. Uh, and it seems, for, from all we know, that Celtic are way behind. Yep. Well, it just seems to me that they just get stronger and stronger. They've not stopped in what they're doing at this moment in time. You know, they're still progressing. Uh, I like the look of Wright as well, Rob. We've not mm-hmm. really spoke about him. Um, since Sakala I'm sure will, will, will be similar ilk um, yeah. I, I don't think he plays number 9 I think he plays off the side yeah. and then comes yeah. inside so like yourself <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> I hope so fashion uh, Burke yeah 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 <laughs> anyway that's all we have time for so Chris thank you very much Davey thanks a lot as well and we are back tomorrow Paul and Mark and Barry live at 5 the Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5 I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.